Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. We get down and we pray and we say, God, what should we have for this week? And this week, God has said, it is time for Pastor Chris. Would you guys give me a warm Kingsway welcome for Pastor Chris? Many of you know who Pastor Chris is. He's our youth pastor. He's the one taking care of all the kids on Friday night. And God bless him because uh, I check in every once in a while and I could not handle it. Um, pastor Chris is, is outstanding. Him and his beautiful wife, Jesse, um, have this little baby boy named Joshua who is just outstanding. Uh, he is actually up and running now. And Pastor Chris has prepared the word. And I am very excited to sit and, and, and really listen to what God has for us. So would you guys stretch your hand forward? Let's pray for Pastor Chris. Amen. Amen. You hear that? They are excited for you, brother. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you all the glory and honor. We give you this time, Lord, because we like to pray. Father, what is a church without prayer? Then it is not a house of prayer. And so, Father God, we pray right now. We know it ain't easy to be up here in front of a pulpit with a microphone, trying to understand and interpret what you've said to us in the midst of this busy world. So, Father God, I ask that you would clarify your word to Chris. Clarify to us as it comes out, Father God. I pray that you give him an anointing that he has never had. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I find that exciting for uh, daily savings time. Everyone says they're tired. See, at my household, uh, we got a 15-month-old, uh, so uh, it's the opposite. You say you lose an hour. Well, he slept an extra hour on the clocks, which is exciting because he hasn't slept till 7.30, uh, well, uh, forever. Uh, so I, I have a little more energy today. Um, and uh, so I, I was thinking, last, uh, the past February, there was a big global event that was designed to try and unite many countries and athletes. It's called the Olympics. Now, because it's the winter time, they call these the winter games, like skiing, snowboarding, and the famous game of curling. Now, these might be fun, but for me, personally, I enjoy the summer games much better, mainly because there's events that I've played or participated in, or some activities that I would love to do, like the uh, Olympic event called trampoline, where you jump up and down on the trampoline 20, 30 feet in the air, doing flips and spins. Yeah, Dylan, it's pretty sweet. You should check it out. But don't worry, I'm not going to participate in that, especially considering last fall I got injured on the obstacle course at the moon bounce. So I'm going to stay a little low key for my high-flying events. But um, thinking, there's another sport in the, in the Olympics that I hold very dear to my heart. It's actually the biggest sport that they offer. They give away 47 sets of medals in the summer games to this event. There's only 306 total events uh, or sporting events in the Olympics. Uh, it's officially called athletics. Uh, this is also uh, more commonly known as track and field. These are the fast, uh, fun-paced running events. Now, this is a sport that I've referenced to, and I believe Pastor Sean has quoted me, saying running is, I believe, God's sport. Maybe I'm a little biased, uh, but I see so many scriptures uh, that talk about our lives in, as a race, and there's so much great correlation for me, for my physical training and preparation for a running event and the spiritual training and preparation we face every day as Christians. Uh, for a runner, I have found seven uh, areas of mental strength uh, that you can have developed through running. Uh, I talked to the youth on Friday and other sports like basketball and football and lacrosse. These are, are very similar uh, strengths that we gain from athletics. But um, th these seven I have. Uh, resilience, it says the ability to bounce back from adversity, 
pain, or disappointing performance. Focus, the ability to focus in the face of distractions or unexpected circumstances. Strength, this is the ability to handle an unforeseen turn of events and remain balanced and calm, continuing to be competitive. Trust, trust is the ability to have faith in oneself. Uh, a mentally tough runner learns to trust that, that their body will know what to do when it's time for race time. And these last three I really wanted to focus on today. We have preparation. This is the ability of anticipating situations ahead of time and feeling prepared so that there is a plan of action for anything that might happen. Uh, second one is vision or your purpose. This is the ability to keep moving forward with your objective even when there are no immediate signs of getting closer to the finish line. Perseverance. We all need some perseverance. This is uh, when you listen to your inner voice that says, I can do this. I have the tools and the resources inside of me to create my own success. As a runner, some of these are the strongest traits I've developed on the inside of me to become a better athlete. Now I know that everyone in here may not be as thrilled talking about the idea of running. You may never want to be called a marathoner, or you may not even want to do a mile fun run. Uh, but in a race, there's always pain in this effort, just like in our own lives. The preparation we must go through to have success will determine how we run our race. Unfortunately, as the saying says, we can't always control the cards that are dealt to us. To put it another way, God has placed each one of us in our own race called life. Each one will face different challenges and obstacles. So the question I want to ask is what type of running, or what type of race are we running? Some of you may think the only race I enjoy running is a race from the sofa to the kitchen and back before the commercials are over. Uh, we can't miss our programming. Oh no, that's not the race that God has for us. Now you think, well maybe the race God has for us is we do something super hard and fast and finish it, finish the task. No, that's called sprinting, and I don't believe that is God's sport. Luckily for me, I'm currently training for an event in April called a marathon. Um, and when I come across Hebrews 12.1, uh, I read at the end, it says, Let us run with endurance, the race God has set before us. Uh, running with endurance is not something we can just wake up one day and decide to do. This type of running will take preparation, it will take knowing your purpose, and definitely take perseverance in the race. These are the three main areas uh, that if we can master them, we would do exactly what 2 Timothy 4.7 instructs us when it says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. If the enemy would have his way, he would send every obstacle and anything that would hinder us and force us to drop out of this race or give up the hope we have in Christ. In order to be the best shape for our race, I want to take you today and hopefully transform your mind and maybe some of your habits so you can also run with endurance the race God has set before you. To do this, first we must understand what it means to prepare for an endurance run or race. Preparation is most likely the most important part of being a runner. If you're not familiar with a training plan for a half marathon or a marathon, I'm going to sum it up for you so you have a, a little better idea. A basic training plan can be 12 to 16 weeks, depending on if you're running a half marathon, which is only 13.1 miles, or a full marathon, which is 26.2. For a half marathon, you may start running four days a week with an average of 15 total miles running during that first week. You eventually build up to running 30 to 40 miles each week with a long run of 13 to 15 miles. So in preparation for one race that's only 13 miles, you'll be running over 250 total miles. That may seem like a lot of miles. 
And why can't we just show up on our race day and run the 13-mile race and be fine? The reason is these plans are designed to build a solid foundation in our life so no matter what we face on race day, we will have the physical strength to overcome that, as well as the mental and emotional strength needed to complete the race. In the training, there are some days that are designed to be easy and you're just adding a few miles. Other days are designed to be more difficult and challenging. Um, yeah. So in a sense, uh, as we uh, train for these races, we, every day you're training for something greater tomorrow. Uh, this counts for running and also counts in our own lives. Uh, if we took this mentality to everyday life, we would begin the process that God works through us called sanctification. Now that's a very big church word, but basically means growing in holiness. 2 Timothy 2.21 states, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel of honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to, uh, to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Today, you're training for something greater. Today, God is watching to see if you live up to the test. What are you training for? Well, we're training to be more like Jesus. Being a Christian is a living representation of, to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord and I live for him. Uh, in Leviticus, we find uh, the scripture saying, you shall keep my statues and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So how is your training plan going in your spiritual life? Is it active? Are you striving today to put into practice to be a vessel of honorable use? Are you setting yourself apart as holy? So, so you can be useful for the master of the house, ready for every good work. That takes intention, that takes action, that takes preparation. I have a sign in my car window that I read every day when I drive. Uh, now this sign is beat up and it's faded. I've had it for a long time. I use it in college and I post it on the back of my door at my dorm and it reads, how will I glorify God today? This was my mental preparation for when I set foot on that campus, my goal or objective as a Christian was to find some way to become an honorable vessel ready for the master's use. Looking at this scripture, it tells us in order to be useful, we should cleanse ourselves from that which is dishonorable. So part of our preparation as a Christian must include determining what is dishonorable. The only way I know how to determine that is by reading the wonderful owner's manual called the Bible and following those instructions. Some people think the Bible is just a rule book for instructions that need to be followed, but it's so much more because it gives us real-life examples of how people have messed up and they've screwed up their lives by not being an honorable, uh, honorable vessel towards the Lord. When God enlightens us on what is not honorable to him, we should cleanse ourselves from that and flee from those immoralities. Now, I've talked a lot about preparing ourselves each day. What if we just decided I was going to go for this race anyway and not prepare? You know, push through and give it all I have. I don't have to run 20, 250 miles before racing 13. I don't have to put the preparation in to be a useful for the Lord that I was mentioning. Well, I have two examples that I think I'd like to reference to uh, what happens when we don't prepare. First, I've actually ran a long-distance race without training. For some reason, I signed up for the Ocean City Half Marathon a few years ago, uh, me and Jesse, and uh, I just couldn't train uh, the first couple uh, weeks or the, leading up to the race. Uh, but I said, I'm going to go out and run anyway. So my plan was to run a decent race or pace and just try to hold on. Naturally, as a competitive runner, I could not resist running closer to a normal, fast race pace. So I did that. I actually did have some success. I finished in a decent time, and I got third overall. So that was great. 
The non-great part was what followed the race. You see, looking back, I had not been training so well, so finishing those last few miles was unusually tough to finish. So needless to say, my body did not agree with my decision to race that day. Later that weekend, on top of that, we were heading back from the eastern shore, and we stopped at Jesse's grandfather's house. He lives in Penn Island, right before uh, the Bay Bridge. And he just had several bags of heavy mulch delivered by the, uh, the Boy Scouts. Uh, and there was no way I was going to allow uh, this 80-year-old man to attempt to move them on his own. So I had to tough it out uh, with my aching muscles to try to help him finish this task. After that weekend, I was filled with the idea of regret. Not regretting I ran the race. No, I love to run races. But regretting that I did not put enough effort in leading up to the race to prepare better. Another story comes from history from a guy named Philadelphus. Uh, I know I pronounced that wrong, but it is a Greek name. He was a soldier. He ran from the city of Athens with the great news of a victory his people had over the Persians at the city of Marathon. It was 490 BC. The distance he ran was about 26 miles. Um, this soldier was not prepared for this journey, and after delivering the message, he actually passed away. He died. This was the historical start of the event now that thousands of runners, just like myself, prepare for the run across the country or the globe. This is the 26.2-mile marathon. You see, this soldier may not have thought that day he was going to have to compete an endurance run. He did not do any type of preparation. This resulted in the soldier completing his task, but after pushing through, he was of no more use to do anything else. God does not want us to be a one-and-done Christian. That means God does not want us to run hard for him one time, to deliver one message, as a soldier did, and then that's it. God desires that we prepare for his race, so every time that he calls your name, you'll be ready to deliver his message to those who need it most. Remember, each one of us may have a different race to run. Your race may be simple, and it could just be being a light to someone in the grocery store and smiling at them. Your race may be to share the love of Jesus with your spouse or others within your family. You may be called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to strangers on the street or at the mall. Or, in some instances, you may be called to preach the word of God to the faithful that join on Sundays or at Sunday school. All of these require preparation. It is what God requires and expects of us to run with endurance. As Christians, it is not hard to play the part on Sunday morning or while, I was, well, or while you're among other Christians. But what truly matters is what are you willing to do for the Lord when no one else is looking? Are you willing to open up your Bible and read to know more about Jesus? Are you willing to pray at home or go the extra mile to love on strangers? These things will create in you a heart for the broken. One example of preparing in my life is preparing for these type of sermons. I've come to the great revelation when it comes to preparing these messages or sermons that I speak on Sunday mornings. Um, when the time comes, I will teach or preach and present the Word of God to you and my commentary, maybe for 30 or 40 minutes. Congratulations, you are being abundantly blessed by hearing my words. But the question is, when a pastor speaks or gives a sermon, is their main intention to bless the congregation? Now, I know in, in some instances it is true. When Pastor Sean speaks, the Lord gives him a word directly for you. Or when Pastor Terry came, he spoke many words over, over you guys. But for me, I've realized, yes, when I present a message on Sunday morning, you will get a well-prepared sermon, and hopefully that's communicated smoothly and logically. But the biggest blessing or impact would not be on those who are hearing the word, but rather myself. 
I spent hours, dozens of hours, preparing this message, reading the Bible, formulating topics, gathering information, thinking through analogies, and really spending a lot of mental energy on these topics. And as a result of all that time, you guys received that overflow, and that's what you are hearing. So where, where I am talking about running with endurance, or whether talk about the story of Jonah or other biblical uh, sermons I've given, I'm growing so much deeper and building such a good foundation in my faith just in the preparation time. You may have thought the saying, you may have heard the saying, you don't truly know a subject until you're able to teach someone else. That's exactly what happens when God calls you into a spot to make an impact on others. Oh, but Pastor Chris, I'm not being called to preach a sermon or teach anything, so why should I spend that much time in preparation? You see, that's where we have it wrong. I find in Scripture, in 2 Timothy, it says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, to correct, to rebuke, and to encourage, with great patience and careful instructions. You are always preparing for something next in your faith. Your preparation may be different looking than mine, but always know you are always preparing for that next level. Pastor Sean spoke extensively last year about going to the next level in your faith or your ministry. So the question I'm asking is, have you gotten to the next level yet? Are you expecting just to get there overnight? Everything the Lord is teaching you today is not just for you. Imagine for a second that Jesus spent his time here on earth in ministry for three years with his 12 disciples. He invested a lot of time and energy pouring into them, not so they could be transformed for themselves, but rather that transformation to overflow on everywhere they go and every person they interact with. And imagine if the disciples kept that information to themselves. They never told anyone. They could have a nice, cozy Bible study with the 12 of them and grow together in private. No, they did no such thing. They used that preparation time the Lord used to pour into them, to fill them up, so when the race began, they had enough endurance to flip this world upside down for Jesus. Being prepared in season and out of season means we must be willing and able to pay it forward. The knowledge and insight God has given us. So let me give you an example of what this type of preparation may look like. I believe that God uh, requires each one of us as Christians who are able to attend Sunday service at church. Uh, this is a good quote. It says, you are not learning for you, but for the guy behind you. So take notes, because the gospel came to you so it can be passed on. So my question is, what are you doing with the gospel truth that is preached each week? Are you consuming it for your own benefit, or are you consuming it so you can multiply it to those uh, around you? For me personally, uh, this quote really hits home, because I, I believe one of the major forces behind why I enjoy taking notes, doing sermons or podcasts, uh, is so I can uh, reflect on it and, and pass it on. Sunday morning is time uh, to prepare for each week ahead. So if your coworker or neighbor asks you, how was church this week? Will you be able to go any deeper than saying, the sermon was good? Could you even repeat the main topics of any three of Pastor Sean's sermons in the last 52 weeks? I know for me, without preparing and taking notes, I would fail to even do that. By reflecting on my own notes and the sermon each week, that is my best preparation how I can further the gospel through my work here at Kingsway. Pastor Sean does a great job at uh, paying forward in his life with life lessons. Some of the, the best sermons he has given in the last year are ones that uh, spiritual attacks have came against the Simon family to try to discourage him and um, really get him off course. Uh, 
But many times he turns that around and be able to proclaim a word. He uses the mess in his life to have a great message. Um, a lot of times uh, we may be going through tests, uh, but testimonies is what comes out of that. Are you willing to prepare and, and go deeper? So the next topic we have is purpose. In order to reach your goal at anything in life, you need to know your purpose or your vision. Without a purpose, you lack focus, and you're destined to run aimlessly. You can go for a run one day, but without having a reason for running, that could be staying fit, losing weight, or preparing for the next race. The chances are slim that you'll continue for more than a couple days. Your purpose is what will keep you going. Remember back to those seven traits I mentioned in the beginning. For vision, it said, your vision or purpose is the ability to keep moving forward with your objective, even when, even when there is no immediate sign of getting closer to the finish line. That sounds a lot like our faith. We know as followers of Jesus Christ, our finish line is marked out for us in eternity in heaven. Now that's what I'm calling a, grace, a great post-race party. You see, at most running events, they'll give you a bagel and maybe some bananas after you finish the race. But God's post-race party is far greater than anything you can ever imagine. So this is the why behind what you do for the Lord. The how is your preparation. We just talked about, and when we determine our why, it helps us to stay focused on that, that helps us to persevere when things get tough. The last few months here at Kingsway, and especially within my own ministry, I've really been focusing on the why behind everything we do. For youth, I've had to evaluate my own ministry and in many terms, have to restart or refocus my direction. Uh, it was clear to me, based on my own self-reflection, as well as the reflection from Pastor Sean, uh, that I've become a how type of person. That means whether it is for youth on Fridays, or summer or fall festival, or even summer camp for the youth, I find a way to make it awesome. But how are we gonna, the how we're gonna conduct ministry is vital, but if we don't know the why or the purpose behind it, we may be running full speed but not in the direction God wants us to go. That's like saying, imagine, I said I'm preparing for a marathon um, training. I've put the time in and the effort, really working hard in preparation, but it turns out I show up on race day on the 28th of April, and it's not a marathon, it's actually a triathlon. It's still an endurance race, and I still need to be prepared for the, with the proper training. My marathon training is definitely better than no training at all, but I have not done any type of swimming or biking in preparation for this next race. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're putting the time in studying the Bible, studying the Word, helping volunteer, but God has called you to a different area of ministry or Christianity. In a sense, it's like you're coloring a beautiful picture for the Lord. We feel great because we believe we are being beneficial for God's kingdom, but all I may be doing is drawing outside of the lines. God has a wonderful picture for us to color, but if we are not seeking Him for direction and purpose, we may be just coloring outside of the lines He has. God wants us to seek his purpose, so when we color this masterpiece for him, it will truly be a unique design and portrait that God has for your life. Your masterpiece will look different than the person that is sitting next to you. So let's get back to Hebrews 12.1 about the running. Everyone starts running for a reason. For some, it could be a sport that requires them to run a mile at a certain pace. Others receive news from their doctor that they, they need to increase their exercise. Or maybe the case is, you might be a new father who has a baby and you want to be healthy for your children or your grandchildren. Now this might be very common here at Kingsway considering all the newborns that God has blessed Kingsway and the parents here. Um, but no matter what your reason is or your purpose, 
At some point, you decide to start running. In the same way, as Paul points out, we need to remember our purpose and, choice, and choose to grow in our faith in God. The message of faith must reach into our hearts. The Apostle Paul said the main purpose for all of God's creation should be to glorify Him, uh, Him as in God. Um, Paul wrote, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. We find that in 1 Corinthians 10.31. All for the glory of God, that includes every aspect of our life. So we need to ask God to help us do that. And ever since I've learned and studied the scripture, I've tried to remember my purpose. Now whether it is at meals or in the job, in the gym or at church, everything else I do, I consider how can I glorify God through all that I do. I'm not always sure of the answer, but at least I'm asking the right question. Now I live with purpose. Imagine for a second, you're preparing to go on vacation. You pack your suitcase, you load your car, you fill it with gas. You're excited for your vacation and you hit the road. But after a few miles, you realize you have no idea where you're headed to. Will you ever get, will you get anywhere? It's doubtful, because you don't have the destination in mind. You're probably just driving circles. Often we treat our faith in the same way. We read our Bible, go to church, volunteer, but we still feel, uh, we feel as if we are just going in circles. Those activities are good and important, but unless we have a good reason for doing them, a desired destination, we won't make much progress in our Christian journey. When given instructions to his young pastor friend, Paul told Timothy again that he needed to run his race with purpose. But Timothy, uh, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Because Timothy's purpose was to glorify God with his life, he should run from evil and towards God. More than motivating us or keeping us from wandering, having a purpose always moves us towards an ultimate destination. A purpose helps us to work through the hard times, to persevere. We learn to trust in God and to believe that we can change our lives physically and spiritually. And as we focus on our ultimate purpose of glorifying God, we will be able to fully love and care for the people in our lives, the people in your sphere of influence. Excuse making is easy during this time especially when it means avoiding a difficult or demanding task. Every morning, I have the option to make an excuse to continue my training in preparation for the marathon. I have the option of sleeping past my alarm clock, or if the weather is bad, just skipping a day. My purpose in following the training plan is so when I reach my race day, I will have the endurance to run this race. To be honest, in the physical, I fail more often than I would like to stick to this plan. I live with regret every week that I should have woken up more days or woken up today and ran. I should have just pushed through and stopped making excuses but started making progress. Don't we feel the same way with God sometimes? We, now, we are now two months into 2018. How many of us have had New Year's resolutions that have already failed? Maybe we wanted to read through the Bible in a year. Maybe we tried to take up Pastor Sean's challenge uh, of smiling at someone and saying hi each week. Many times when we fail God, we feel like giving up. We feel like we are useless and become discouraged. I'm telling you, church, this is exactly where the enemy wants you. He would lie to us to, and deceive us to do anything in his power um, to, con to convince us we are useless for the Lord. But no matter where you are, whether you're training for a marathon and you miss a few days, or you're falling through on some of your promises the Lord, to the Lord, we must remember what we find in Philippians 
uh, chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. This is our purpose, not just to glorify God in all that we do. We find that in Colossians. Uh, but also to run faithfully, to reach the end of our race, and ultimately the heavenly prize God has before us. When we run with the focus of why, it helps to get you through those days when your legs are tired or the weather is lousy. Our why is like driving and using the windshield to look through. It would be rather silly to try and drive forward by only looking in your rearview mirror. So there's a really funny story. Uh, Jesse and I discovered a reality show on Netflix called Canada's Worst Driver. Uh, now, it doesn't mean if you're from Canada, you are a bad driver, but they had uh, eight people who were nominated by their friends and family to participate in this show. Each week, they were trained by professional driving instructors on different tasks and uh, driving skills. One of these tasks was to drive backwards through an obstacle course of foam barriers and other objects uh, and try not to hit many objects. In fact, I'm sorry, um, there was one driver who insisted on not using any of his mirrors or turning around to look. Instead, he, instead of looking in the mirrors or turning through the back window, in fact, he looked straight forward, even though he was supposed to drive backwards and would expect not to hit anything. Obviously, he failed, and he ran over half the course. Uh, I truly think he was Canada's worst driver. Uh, but, uh, but I believe it is very similar driving a car for God. He desires us, our lives to do as the Apostle Paul mentioned. We need to look forward to what lies ahead. We are instructed to look through the window in the direction we are moving. If we are staring in the rearview mirror all the time and always focusing on our past, maybe we focus on the wonderful things God has done in our lives, or maybe we are focusing on the mess or the mistakes we have done. Those sins that may entangle us are mistakes that, that we can't get past. The way we get past them is to lay them at the cross. God is faithful in casting our sins as far as the east is to the west. Now we, we go back to the seven areas of, of mental strength. Uh, last, last one we have is perseverance. We have perseverance when you listen to the inner voice that says, I can do this. I have the tools and the resources inside to create my own success. God tells us in 2 Peter 1.3 that he has given us everything we need for a godly life. God is with us and he equips us during our preparation God gives you the passions and the desires to follow his purpose, and God will definitely give you the strength to persevere through the race we run every day. Think of it this way. Just watching others run uh, won't change your fit fitness level. You have to actually do it. In the same way, uh, to become spiritually fit, you must make a decision. And in this way, you can be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Some runners allow small issues to cr crowd out their practice, the insignificant in their lives to replace what's important. These will be the obstacles or hurdles we face as runners. For I have been distracted or knocked down off course due to weather, uh, like bad snow or rain, wind or temperatures, lack of sleep or exhaustion. All of these are small issues that will cloud my vision of my why I am training for this race. We can always find a reason not to run, and in the case of our spiritual disciplines, we may also have issues that distract us from living for the Lord. We can have the devil, the devil whispering in, in our ear excuses like, you're too tired, you deserve a break, you can do it tomorrow, you've done enough this week, you can pray as you fall asleep. 
That's always a good decision, right? It doesn't seem to uh, pan out very well for me if I attempt that one. To stay in shape spiritually, we need regular workouts uh, where we exercise our faith and nourish our souls. Which of these spiritual practices are you rationally skipping? Could it be worship? Could it be your service for the Lord? Could it be Bible study, studying the Word, prayer? How about silence and solitude, the time when we listen for the Lord and let Him speak back instead of us always asking questions? How about evangelism? Man, I, I could definitely speak on the topic of evangelism. That was my go-to message in college. Um, but are we, are we skipping that? What excuses do we use when we rationally skip these areas? In uh, Galatians 5-7, we read, You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Don't allow anything in your life to distract you from running the race God has for you. This means we must understand what perseverance is. Uh, in Galatians, later in Galatians, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do, if we do not give up. Uh, now, uh, the whole time I've been focusing on the end of Hebrews 12.1, um, but I'd like to, if you knew your Bible, you realize I skipped over part of that verse. Um, so I'd like to close with reading the whole verse, and if Amber and the, the team can come up to play some music. Um, the whole verse says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance, or endurance, as I mentioned earlier, the race marked out for us. So in a race... You have spectators. You have observers. Uh, my first marathon I did was a uh, one in, in Delaware, and there wasn't many spectators. We ran along farmlands and, and woods, um, and it was very hard to keep motivated through the race. Uh, this January, me and Jesse did a, a, a huge event down at Disney where they had spectators and, and cast members, and uh, it was very exciting, very energetic. And during a race, that helps you keep motivated. Uh, sometimes those who witness the race are spectators, and in our own lives, uh, they could be your family or friends. If you're seeking after the Lord, uh, your family will notice. Uh, maybe I have a friend in college whose family was not Christians, and as he uh, grew in his faith, his family noticed, and they kept eye out to see, wow, is he going to be the real deal, or is he going to be one of those hypocritical Christians that's so mentioned often by those who don't believe? As, if you declare that you're a Christian, um, many times you have the critics in your life that, to see, are you going to live it out? The next part of that scripture says, throw off everything that hinders you. These are the distractions. This might not be sin, but they're distracting you from living fully for the Lord. When we look at runners, you wonder why, uh, why do you not see runners on the track wearing uh, jeans and hiking boots and a, a giant hoodie? It's because those things will hinder them from running the race they have before them. So in our own lives, we have to determine our priorities. Are we putting something above our relationship with God? Maybe you're putting something uh, above your relationship with your family and growing them spiritually. All these things are they that will hinder you in your race. Uh, last one was the sin that entangled us. If we were living with sin in our life today, that will trip us up. It is like running a race and having your shoes tied together. You might make it a little while, but you'll fall down. The Lord is more than willing to untie your shoes and forgive your sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. Uh, but we must come to Him. Otherwise, we're just going to fail every time. Let us run with endurance and perseverance the race marked out for us. In every long-distance race I've ran the past few years, there's always been a spectator with a motivational sign. And many times you read this sign says, Remember, you paid for this. When I run a race, we do pay. It's, it's a good amount. It's not cheap. Uh, 
and you have to remember the cost that it was. Now, in our faith, our salvation is free. We can come to the Lord, and He will forgive you of your sins. He will do all the hard work for you, but there's a cost to pay to be a disciple of Jesus. We must follow Him. We must persevere. We must prepare to serve Him. Uh, so even though salvation is free, God wants you to put effort in as well. So as we head on our week, uh, if I motivate you to, to start running, that would be wonderful. But uh, as we run the race of faith, we need to remember uh, who we're serving. Remember, as we prepare, we're serving for the Lord. That's our purpose. And if we don't persevere, the Lord wants us to, to move through that. So I'm going to pray. And then uh, if you need some prayer, uh, you're more than welcome to come up. Otherwise, I'll dismiss you. So let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to honor you through our time today. Even though we may be tired and weary, Lord, your word is the truth. I pray as we go in our weeks, you can motivate us to be prepared in studying your word, prepared in our prayer and connection with you, Lord. I pray uh, we remember our why, our purpose behind serving you. You gave us everything when you died on the cross. I pray you can allow us to serve and honor you by making an impact on others. And Lord, I pray we can persevere through those spiritual trials. When the enemy comes and attacks us, as he will, I pray you equip us to get through that valley so we can be on the mountaintop, be in the city on the hillside that you called us to be. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I pray for us to be an impact on our sphere of influence this week. I pray it's all in your son's name. Amen. 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 Church, if you did not take notes today, you missed out. I got you covered. We'll record it all and we'll put it on a podcast and you can go back and diligently listen again. No matter where you are in life, whether you have just become a Christian, whether you are debating a new ministry, whether you are in ministry today and you are struggling, whether you're a mother and a father, whether you are starting a business or having a struggling, no matter where you are in life, this message from God's Word will change it for the better. Preparation. What are you doing today to prepare for what's coming? Purpose. Why are you doing it? And perseverance, no matter what. No matter what. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.